I'm Jack Draper. Shout out to Quality Shot Tennis. So for the first time since 2003, we're going to have a top seed that isn't named Nadal Federer Mario Djokovic since 2003, that is. And his name is going to be Carlos Alcaraz. Yes, you guessed it. We're going to be doing a contender profile for Wimbledon. It's our first of this series. We do it for every single Grand Slam. and We go through some of, in my opinion anyway, the contenders for the title uh, this year. And I think for Wimbledon, Carlos Alcaraz after just winning Queens as well. And showing some decent skills on the green stuff is definitely one of the contenders. The world number one is in a good position with the seedings, of course, as well. Uh, the earliest he'll be able to meet Djokovic will be the final. So, you know, it's, it's more a case of how well can you do against the rest of the field? How does his game translate? Before we get into it, though, remember to that like button. Do subscribe if you are new and do leave a rating or review if you're listening on a podcast platform. So we're going to break it down similar to how we've done our contender profiles in the past. So first of all, we're going to have a quick look at Alcaraz and his form, uh, mainly looking upon his his Queen's club result. Uh, he's pulled out of the Hurlingham exhibitions, and we know the grass court swing is very, very short. He's not playing Eastbourne this week as well. So we can have a quick look at that, and I'll talk a little bit about how he played. Then we'll have a very brief look at his career stats on grass in comparison to other surfaces. And then I'll also talk about how his style translates onto this specific surface. Uh, What does he have at his disposal which will be effective on grass? What might he need to tweak? And then ultimately, I'll give you guys a little bit of an early prediction as to what I think his expectations should be going into Wimbledon. Uh, I think he's tempered those a little bit after losing to Djokovic at Roland Garros. Uh, but, you know, I, I think he should be doing pretty well this year. Better than he did last year anyway on the grass. We'll also touch upon his previous results at Wimbledon. In fact, let's do that first. So, last year he lost in the fourth round. He's only played at Wimbledon twice. 2021 and 2022. Last year when he lost, he lost to Yannick Sinner in four sets. It was a really good match, of course. And Yannick Sinner went on to lose in five sets to Djokovic in the quarterfinals after being two sets to love up. He lost to Sinner uh, 6-1, 6-4, 6-7, 6-3. So the ones that he did win was a tiebreaker. I think it's safe to say Sinner did outplay him pretty comprehensively given the scoreline. I don't think the scoreline was unjust in any way. Sinner played really, really well. Now, Alcaraz is a, definitely an improved version this year. Uh, as a player... And also, I think on grass, from what I've seen so far anyway, he's looked better. Uh, Does that mean that he is going to be the favourite? I think Novak Djokovic is still the favourite. Then in 2021, he played Daniel Medvedev. And that was his first ever appearance at SW19. He beat Uchiyama in five sets in the first round and lost to Medvedev in straight sets. So, you know, look, not really much to go on. He's only played that twice. And in all honesty, I think his grass court form, which we can touch upon now, is pretty good though. Nine wins, two losses, 82% win, uh, no winning percentage, which is good. In fact, it's the same as his clay percentage at 82%. Uh, that's his winning percentage. 63 and 14 on clay. On hardcore, he's at 73%, 52 and 19. 
But we have to factor in that he's only played 11 matches on grass, uh, and the Queen's win is part of that. On clay, he play, he's played already 77 matches. On hardcore, he's played 71. So he's played a lot of matches on these surfaces, clay and hardcore, over 70 matches apiece. On grass, he's only just got into double digits. So still early in his grass court career, but some positive signs there, that's for sure. So let's touch upon his Queen's victory then, and how do he look? Well, I thought he looked quite good. And in the first round, he he lost the first set to Ridenek and then went on to win 7-5, 7-6. So a pretty tight one. I mean, that third set tiebreaker, he loses that, of course, he's out. But he made sure that he ground through it in the end. Then some impressive victories for me over Lehechka, Dimitrov, Korda, all in straight sets. I was pretty impressed with how he was playing, in honesty. And then he came up against an Alex Dimonot, who's probably playing some of the best tennis he's played in his career. He was really, really impressive in the semifinals against Holger Rune. Now, Alcaraz beat him in straight sets in pretty impressive fashion, 6-4, 6-4. They're not as... Not a thrashing by any stretch of the imagination, but a, a comprehensive victory in the end. And lifted his first ever grass court title. Now, there's a few things about Alcaraz that should translate well onto grass. And we'll now talk about his style on the surface. The first thing being his style of play is very aggressive. Now, there's been a lot of comparisons drawn between himself and Federer and himself and Nadal and himself and Djokovic. We might reference that a little bit, but I want to talk about him more as his own player because he is his own player. And yes, I can see why people might say that there is a bit of a mix of all three, uh, about Alcaraz and why people think he's a prodigy. He's already won a Grand Slam, of course, the US Open last year. But there are also some intricacies, some nuances to his game, which are different. What is similar, though, to Federer is the attacking intent, that attacking style. He looks to try and take the ball early, at least on grass anyway. On clay, he adapts his game a little bit, but he does look to be, if not taking the ball early, he does look to be on the offensive. And that means hitting big forehands, trying to dictate with the forehand. And even on the backhand side as well, flattening that out. He tries to come forward and transition and come to the net. And that's a really good asset to have on grass. And we saw at Queens, and we'll see at Wimbledon, he will be trying to serve and volley at times. He does it on clay, so he's definitely going to do it on grass. His transition game on grass is, is good enough, definitely, to have success. Uh, I think he's moving better on grass, and we'll touch on his movement in a bit more detail in a, in a bit. But just sticking to his attacking style, that is a really, really good style for this surface. A lot of the players that have had success on grass have been attacking type of players. The one real exception is Djokovic. And he's had so much success, but his way of playing is quite unique and it works on all surfaces. And similar to Andy Murray, to be fair, they're more the counterpunchers. But Djokovic, as of late, has become a more attacking player with a bigger serve, more free points on it. Also willing to come forward, but I won't touch upon Djokovic too much because we're going to be doing a separate profile on him. For Alcaraz, though, he's got really good hands in the net. 
beautiful volleys for the most part. Good drop volley, good reaction volleys as well. His overhead is not a weakness as well. He nails them for the most part. Big positive. The forehand, also a positive. Now, the one thing he, I think he'll need to do, though, on the forehand side is flatten it out more. He can't be hitting his forehand like he was on clay because on clay, the there were a higher percentage of forehands that would have been heavy topspin forehands, as you'd expect on clay, and given how he plays as well. But I guess he could look at someone like Berrettini, who also hits a lot of RPM on the forehand, a lot of topspin, but he'd flatten out a little bit more. If you want to still hit with that much topspin, you can. But you've got to really push through it. Take it a little bit earlier, take it a bit flatter, and try and... Like, he's got power, Alcaraz. Really utilize the surface to the best of his ability. Now, I saw him do that more and more as Queens went on, and it was impressive. His backhand, so I think, is not as much of a problem. I think a lot of players tend to be able to flat out the backhand. It's quite natural to them, especially on a two-hander. It's quite natural to flatten it out. And I feel like for Alcaraz, that's not something that he's going to have to adjust too much, I would say. So that's a positive. Let's talk about the backhand slice, though, because I think we want to talk about this. I'm not fully convinced about his backhand slice. I still think it needs a bit of work. The good thing and the positive thing about his slice, though, is that he is willing to hit it. On grass, he knows that it's a it's a useful tool. It's an effective asset to have at Wimbledon, on grass, on these quicker courts that go to skid on. Why is the slice effective? Well, very, very briefly, because this isn't a slice tutorial, the slice skids on, stays low, especially if you hit a good slice, which is low over the net, with, with pace, with spin. It just skip off the surface and, and potentially rush your opponent even. Ash Barty, fantastic backhand slice. Federer, Berrettini, those are the type of people, if you look at, their slices weren't just offensive or a variety. They were actually attacking slices that they were able to utilize as well. Alcaraz isn't at that stage yet, but I think he'll look to get there at some point. And I think it will definitely take his game to the next level, especially on grass. Now, against Alex Dimino, who's got a pretty good slice, he, he, he stayed pretty solid against him in the slice to slice. Uh, which was good. And last year, though, against Sinner, that did kill him a little bit because he was having to defend a lot on the backhand side and the backhand slice wasn't doing the job. It wasn't pushing back Sinner. It wasn't nullifying Sinner. And Sinner was having a lot of success in that backhand to backhand. So something for him to ponder, for sure. Uh, he changed it at the US Open a different surface by going line first, uh, going hard line, and taking risks and it paid off. So... What I would say is that the backhand slice is something to look out for. Uh, you know, he does hit it as well as an approach shot on the grass, which I saw him at Queens do, which is, again, it's a good thing to do. It's useful. Uh, it's definitely something that you can utilize on grass. And the other thing I think which is really effective, of course, is the drop shot, which is going to be effective on all surfaces. Very good on clay, but I think also on grass as well. As a change-up... We know that the surface is not going to pop up as much, so he actually has a little bit more of a margin. Players will not be as far behind the baseline, but the ball dies quicker on grass. So that's a positive for him as well, and we saw him utilize it really effectively at Queen's. 
So touch a little bit upon his game. There's three more things to cover and then I'll wrap it up and then I'll give you guys my prediction. And the first thing is the movement. Now, he said in an interview or a post, uh, post-match post press conference anyway, that he's been watching a lot of videos of Murray and Federer because they move really well on grass. And the reason why he's not been watching Djokovic, which you could argue is the best mover on grass, is because Djokovic slides on the grass. The only other player that I've seen do that on grass is Yannick Sinner. You have to be a special type of player and move a certain way to be able to do that. And clearly Alcraz doesn't think that he has that about him. He doesn't have those super flexible ankles uh, to slide and do the splits, etc. So he's more looking at the quote-unquote more traditional movers on grass in, in Murray and Federer. That's, that's a good place to start. I think his movement has been improving. And again, he's only played 11 matches on grass. So to expect him to go on and win Wimbledon with only 11 matches under his belt, I, I'm not sure. I mean, that would be an incredible story, even though he's the one number one. He's the world number one due to results that aren't on grass. That's what we have to, I think, maybe take into consideration. But he is generally extremely athletic. We know that. He does have good movement, again, generally speaking, on on tennis courts, or on court even. His defensive skills also very good. We saw it at Queens as well. That's some really good movement. He didn't slip as much as I thought he might do on the grass, which is good. Positive sign. And I think it's getting better and better. So let's see. Let's see who gets on on the grass, but I think he's going to have success. At Wimbledon. And then serve return dynamics. Let's quickly talk about that. Those are the last two things. Serve. He's ramping it up. Uh, I saw Holger Rune do the same thing. It's actually getting beyond the 130 mile per hour mark, which is good. Uh, for pace, of course, on a quick court like Wimbledon. Fantastic. The kick serve that he loves to hit so much. It's not going to be as effective on, on, on grass. Now, on clay, it's a great tool to utilize. On grass... He's got to be careful. It's actually worth him utilizing a slice serve on the juice side or the ad side down the T or juice side out wide. Uh, Djokovic utilizes that serve really well at Wimbledon on grass. It's a really, really effective tool. Um, and also go hard down the T from the juice side, go out wide, flatten out that serve a little bit more for the first serve, give himself as much chance as possible to win as many free points as possible on serve or at least points where he can come forward and a volley, and volley in an easy way. So it'll be interesting to see what he does do on serve at Wimbledon. Uh, he did have some good serving days at Queen's, which is good and positive, but something I'm sure that he'll be looking to you know, continue to improve upon because you can't serve the, exactly the same way that he was serving on clay on grass. He will have, you know, he will have some success, but it, won't be as much as he would do if he adapted his game to the surface and adapted his serve to the surface, which I'm sure he'll do. Then when we talk about return, I think obviously he's not going to stand as far back as he did on the clay. He's actually standing pretty far forward. It means that he's not going to be able to, like on clay, sometimes he stands very far back. He'd give himself time to almost have a take back on return. They say that obviously when you're returning, on the baseline, an aggressive type of 
position. You don't really have a take back. It's more reaction out here rather than out here and then coming through, if that makes sense. It's literally just here. And it's a jab. So I saw him trying to do that Queens. And again, with some success, he's a pretty good returner. I, I think he is a natural returner generally. Not as natural as Djokovic, uh, Djokovic or Nadal, in my opinion. When he first came onto tour, I thought he was a really natural returner. But I, I think he misses too many returns, in my opinion, I think. Yeah, that's just what I've noticed. It might be because he's going for too much on the return potentially, but either way, uh, he'll he'll do well to look at someone like a Murray returning on grass. Murray's very aggressive, and Alcaraz wants to be aggressive on the front foot. Murray on the return is very aggressive. He'll be on the baseline for the first serve for the most part, and then on the second serve, you're going to get someone like an Isner. He's trying to be inside the baseline. Um, so yeah, something for Alcaraz to ponder and look at. But I'm looking forward to seeing him on the grass. He's going to be exciting. He brings that X factor about him, of course. And I'm hoping we get some blockbuster matches with him and some of the other top contenders. So in terms of prediction, look, I mean, if he plays his best level and if he plays, if he takes the best parts of his performances at Queens, puts them together, I think he makes the final. But I still think he loses to Djokovic. I think he'll be expecting to at least do better than last year, which is round of 16, so at least a quarterfinal. I would say he should be making at least a semifinal, at least. If he makes a semifinal, I'm kind of like, okay, good. Makes a final, I'm like, that's really good. Wins it, kind of, whoa, okay, wasn't expecting that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I would be surprised if he doesn't make at least the quarterfinals. That's like a minimum, in my opinion. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Let me know in the comment section below how you think Carlos Alcaraz is going to get on. And I'm very interested to see what you guys think. Uh, do you think he can beat someone like a Djokovic, for example? And do you think he's going to go into this and potentially look really good and build up some fantastic momentum? Look good at Queens. Uh, pulled out of hurling. Of course, in that final against Queens, he did have some strapping on his thigh, but he said there's no injury to report or nothing to be worried about. So we'll take his word for it. Uh, but thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. Remember to that like button. Do subscribe for you. And, of course, we'll see you for more contender profiles. We'll be doing ATP and WTA draw preview and prediction videos on top of live commentary for Wimbledon and hopefully a collaboration as well. Thank you very much, guys. See you later.